Alright, what is virtue? Go ahead. Well, tell me somebody tell me what you wrote down. I wrote down valor. Valor? I don't know what that has to do with anything that I try to remember. Oh, valor. Kirkland. Excellence Excellence in your purpose, yes. Knowledge. It's gonna be a long night. Knowledge. Godly wisdom, yes. What'd you say? It was that Webster. Science. Temperance. Oh my goodness. Self control. Good job, everybody's there. Patience. Long suffering. Wait, wait, wait. What is it? Endurance. Endurance. Cheerful endurance. It is cheerful endurance. What'd you say? Yeah, perseverance. Yeah, yes. All right, godliness. Tell me what godliness is. It's not just holiness. Christ likeness. Well, we went deeper than that. Somebody tell me who is here for godliness. What godliness is? Rachel. No, no. That's the worst example. What'd you say? I can't hear you. Go ahead. It's not because of you. It's because of everybody else. Go ahead, Rachel. Noah and Lot. Okay, I know it's probably about Noah and Lot, but that because like Lot put his. Oh no! To be a long night. <laughs> 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 Who gave Rihanna Mountain Dew? <laughs> 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 because Noah looked on things like in the future, like eternal things, and Lot. Ooh, it's thinking like yeah. that. No, Rachel's wrong. Thinking like I know Rachel's right. She was right. She was good. Hard time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it, Rachel. Guys, quiet, quiet, quiet. Guys, guys, tune in. Go ahead, Rachel. Finish, finish it. He did that, but what does godliness look like? I think you're coming there. It looks like no one lot. Godliness is, what we talked about is when I look at things and try to see things the way God views them, all right? So just like Noah and Lot, we talked about, uh, as Rachel was saying, Noah sees the long-term perspective, Lot sees the right now. Right now in our lives, most of us are seeing, what most of us see right now, we look at right now. We don't look at the long-term, and we're talking about God in this. Well, today, we're going to go through brotherly kindness. Now, I'll tell you, when you first look at brotherly kindness, it seems like, I would say, the weakest thing on this list. So, add to your faith virtue, your purpose. Add to virtue, knowledge, your gaining of the word of God. And the knowledge, temperance, self-control, the temperance, patience. I'm, no matter what comes my way, I can control myself, even though things, we talk about Job. How Job gets all these things that he cannot control. But he still chooses to worship God, and then we're going to go, we go godliness. How I'm going to pursue God in my life so that I can look like what God would look like as a person. But we come to brotherly kindness. This is one of the one of the things we have the worst problem with, and I believe that's why God put on the list. There is not a group of people that are more divided, more hateful, more vengeful than a group of Christians. And that's a sad, sad commentary. Let's go outside of our bubble here. If you look at most churches, we look at any church outside of Trinity, and I hear this all the time about Trinity Baptist Church. Well, we're different than so-and-so church down the road. We are this. And somehow in Christianity, we get this belief that somehow we, our version of spirituality, is better than every other Christian's. 
Well, see, the reason I wear this is because, but anybody who wears anything different than what I wear, whether it's more than I wear, they're just crazy. So because I dress like this, the person who wears, try to, says this is more modest, I view them as, oh, they're just weirdos. The persons that, per, I mean, people that dress way less than me, oh, well, <laughs> they just need to get right with God. And I become the standard for everything in my life. When we look at brotherly kindness tonight, let's look at the definition real quick. Brotherly kindness is this, an affection for and service to other believers. Other believers. So an affection for and service to other believers. So tonight, I want you to get the context of this. This is not our love for people outside of the faith, okay? So this is not my love for my neighbor down the road who's not saved. We're not talking about our love and affection for whoever. These are believers. So anyone who names the name of Christ. I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it, it totally pictures what our society looks at as far as Christianity. Right now, some of you would go to Faith Baptist School. You just totally, you just totally walk right into it. You set yourself right up. So some of you go to Faith Baptist School. Some of you go to GCS and see what the what the thought of in Christianity is sad, but this will be the thought. Two believers, okay? Faith in Genesee. I can find out all my reasons why it's better to go to faith than it is to Genesee. Two believers. We're not talking about the unsaved. Well, this is why it's better. Now, I understand. Now, trust me. So walk with me here because I don't want you to lose me. I understand there is a loyalty to certain things. Right now, some of you are uh, college. There's a college that you enjoy, and you are a loyal fan of that college. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm talking here is a part where I discredit another believer because they don't see everything the way I see it. And this is probably when I look through this list and I, even before I started reading Brotherly Kindness, I look at it and I say, oh man, okay, be kind to your neighbor. Okay, we'll add that to my life and we'll get that check. But it's so much more than this because as we're going to look at it in just a minute, this defines Christianity, how you treat another believer. So if you have another Christian and you can't get along with another Christian, you have a serious problem in God's eyes. It's huge. So let's, look, let's, let's read the passage, 2 Peter uh, 1, 5-9. It says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound. So brotherly kindness is just as important as your virtue, as your purpose in life. As you look at it, it says, for if these things be in you, brotherly kindness be in you and about, they make that you shall neither be barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? Blind. Is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten he was purged from his old sins. So, Galatians 6.10 says this, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to them who are the household of faith. Galatians 6.10. I've given you this illustration before. But when I worked at Pensacola Honda, 
I remember my one of my technicians named Johnny Scarro, I told you guys this before I believe, was shipped over to Iraq and I think uh, to Iraq. And he was on deployment for I think close to six months to a year. And so as he went on deployment, these are unsafe people. And I remember this stunned me. These people have no care for Christ. A lot of them would say, use Christ's name in terrible ways. But when Johnny Scarborough got shipped over to Iraq, there was a line of people ready to cut his grass, take care of everything that his wife needed. Like his wife pretty much didn't have to do anything on the outside of the house for his whole deployment by people that worked with him. They have no tie. They don't love Jesus. They don't care. They just looked at his situation and said, I need to be a help. Now, can I tell you, if that is the way the unsaved world lives, how much more ought we to live as Christians? Because see, in our Christian circles, it is, oh, well, those folks down the road, <laughs> they don't care King James Bible. <laughs> They're not really this. And when we look at brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness deals with me showing affection and serving anyone that's a believer. And Galatians 6 says, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those of the houses of faith. So let's go. Or do, how do you develop brotherly kindness? Development of brotherly kindness. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. 1 Thessalonians 4.9, the development of brotherly kindness. So Paul here is writing the Thessalonians, the Thessalonians church and says, I don't need to write to you anything about showing affection to your fellow believers because God's already taught it to you. And you know what my question was when I read this passage? How do I know to love my other believers? Where does God teach me that I am supposed to love my fellow believers and what does it look like? We go to 1 John 3. I want, if you have a Bible, I want you to turn there. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn there. I want you to put eyes on this passage. 1 John 3, because this is huge when it comes to what brotherly kindness is. Because as we read it, we have in our minds what brotherly kindness is. But let's read God's version. How does God teach us what brotherly kindness is? Verse 11, 1 John 3, verse number 11. Is that right? Is that what I told you? Yeah. 1 John 3, verse number 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. All right, so you've had this from the beginning, that we should love one another. Okay, that's basic. I understand that. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. So he says, not as Cain. Cain's not your illustration to showing brotherly kindness and brotherly love. He kills his brother. Why? Because his brother's works were good and his works were evil. Once again, Cain becomes the decider of what is good and what is bad. Cain says, hey, God says, this is what I expect from you. Cain says, this is what I'm giving you, God. And God says, Cain, that's not right. That's not what you're supposed to give me. Well, <laughs> this is what I have. This is what I'm going to give you. And he goes out and kills Abel. Why? Not because... Abel was doing anything wrong, not because Abel chose to do what was right, and Cain set the standard. Hey, I am the standard for what I give God. I give God what I want. God can tell me what he wants, but I'm, I set the standard. So he goes on. So he says, not as Cain, verse number 13, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. So don't worry about it if the world hates you. If unsaved people hate you, big deal. Don't be surprised. 
14, we know that we have passed from death and life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby we perceive the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's goods, and sees his brother have need, and, shut up his, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Verse 14. This is what our society would say. Fill in the blank, just like we did for godliness. We know that we have passed from death into life because we go to Trinity Baptist Church. We know that we've passed from death into life because we read a King James Bible. We, we, we know that we have passed death. We know we are Christians because we know how to say amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I know that you guys are in the... <laughs> but can I say, God says, this is God's standard. You know that you pass from death to life because you love the brethren. Can I tell you the reason the world wants nothing to do with Christianity? It's because we have not illustrated to it what true love is. We talk about our testimonies. Well, the world doesn't want to get saved because of the music we listen to. We listen to music that's not like the world and it hurts our testimony. Can I say that's, that's a part of it? But if you look at Christianity, you go online and look at a Christian site. You look at a Christian Facebook post and see how many arguments, how many pointed words are given by people that call themselves children of God at each other. And you start to see that brotherly kindness is huge because if I can't love each other, we can't love each other. God says if a man can't love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not? So let me ask you this. You go into the world, and the world sees how the world treats each other. Just like I said, the people at Pensacola Honda. Hey, this guy's going out of town to serve our country. The least we can do is chip in and help him. Help his wife, cut the grass. Hey, whatever you need, Missy, we've got it. And they do it. See, the Christians, we see each other and we say, well, <laughs> I would help him. But he's got too many problems. I mean, if they went to the same church I did. Remember, I'm saying they're believers, so I'm not talking about people that are not believers. I, I would help them, but they're such and such. The world doesn't see that. The Bible says, whosoever sees his brother in need and shutteth up his bowels of mercy, he has not the love of God in him. And he gives us, this is how we develop the love of Christ. On Sunday morning, we laughed and joked when we talked about what a true friend is. Adam, I think, gave the thing of said, a true friend lays down, and we quoted John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me and Rachel are laughing. Because uh, we, a whole different thing. But we talked about greater love hath no man than this, and that a man lay down his life for his friend. So we have the perfect illustration of what love is. The Bible says this, that a love for your brother and a fellow Christian 
that ye ought, if you are in Christ, ye ought to lay down your life for another. Wow. Has the world ever seen that kind of love for us? I want you sometime this week to grab your hand out, flip it over, not right now, but flip and read through those passages. If you read in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, the early church, people were getting saved in the book of Acts. The Bible says 3,000 people at one time. And when these people are getting saved in the book of Acts, 3,000 people get saved. Okay, that's huge. That's bigger than any Sunday I'm sure Trinity's ever seen. 3,000 people get saved and join the church. The Bible says of those 3,000 people, they started to look around and anybody that had a need, they sold what they had and provided for the need. Have you ever seen that kind of Christianity? I'm asking. Barnabas sells a home. Oh, there's a brother in the church with a need. Barnabas says, oh, hey, I got a house. I have, a, I have two houses. Let me sell my house and bring the need so I can meet the need to the other. That's brotherly kindness. But that is not what we see in Christianity. We see this. So-and-so has a need. They should have just made better decisions. <laughs> they should just, they should have, if they had it done, gone down this road. And we totally miss that God has given the perfect illustration of what brotherly kindness looks like. Look in your own life. Right now, how you treat God. How do you treat God? God says, do this, and what do you do? I'm not trying to say you do anything, but I'm asking you to analyze your own life. God says, how do you treat God? What if God treated you and me like I treat other Christians that do me wrong? I knowingly, on purpose, Deliberately know that I am doing wrong. And I do it anyway. God still loves me. He still provides my needs. He still gives me breath. He still shows me grace. Remember the illustration about how in the Bible where the one man owed a little bit of money though. One man owed a lot. One man owed the king, and I can't remember the money, but he owed him a lot of money. And the man went to the king and said, I cannot pay this. There's no way that I can pay this amount of money. And the king says, all right, throw him in prison. He says, no, king, please, I can't. Please don't throw me in prison. And the king says, all right, go ahead. You're free. I forgive you your debt. And he goes to the man that owes him a very little. As he's leaving, the Bible says he goes past the man that owes him a little bit on the street. And he grabs him. The Bible says he grabs him by the neck and shakes him and says, hey, you give me the money you owe me. And then Jesus said in the story, what in the world is that? Like. He's been forgiven so much, but he can't forgive a man so little. And the king grabs him and throws him back into prison and says, hey, if you can't forgive him, you can. See, we do not love each other as we ought. And the world sees it. And I'm not just talking about Trinity Baptist Church and the youth group. We don't love the other prison youth group like we should. I'm talking about on a whole Christian scale. Our love for God our love for each other is not manifest. And this is huge because God says, if these things be in you and abound, see, we would say patience, 
Job, man, that's important. We'd all want to be like Job. Hey, God puts all these things and piles them all on top. But it doesn't matter because I'm just going to worship God and that's important. Man, understanding your purpose? That, I'm not going to let the world deceive me. I'm not going to let the devil, I mean, the level deceive me. I'm not going to let the world, world distract me. I'm not on my flesh to light me to destruction. I'm not going to let any of these things happen. Those are important. Can I tell you the way you love other believers is huge in the sight of God? It's huge. If you say you love God and you do not love, I'm not saying that you hate them, but you're not loving them. The Bible says, how dwelleth the love of God in you? He's not saying you're not saved, but he says that doesn't even compute. It doesn't even make sense that I can't love a brother who I have seen. I can't love Robbie who's sitting right in front of me, but yet I will go and say, I love God and I've never seen him. This is what John says. So we go on. So the dove of brotherly kindness, God teaches brotherly kindness. What is the deterrent of brotherly kindness? Quickly, the deterrent, D-E-T-E-R-R-E-N-T, for anybody who need it. Don't have to be embarrassed. The deterrent, the deterrent to brotherly kindness. A person who is self-centered will find it difficult to truly love other believers. A person who is self-centered. Now, notice I did not say proud. I did not say a lot of things. I'm using the word self-centered. We'll find it difficult to truly love one another, truly love believers. Read, I'm going to read Romans 12, 10. I want you to listen to it really quickly. It says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. <laughs> honor, preferring one another. It means this, taking the lead and demonstrating or showing how precious or valuable something is. So, be kind of affection, want to know with brotherly love, how? By taking the lead and demonstrating and showing how precious or value something, valuable something is to one another. I'm going to ask my wife to come up here real quick. I didn't ask her for this, to do this, but I should have, but I forgot. I'm going to get my wife to come up here. All right. I'm going to give you the illustration and we'll be done. This, of course, as you guys know, is my wife, okay? She is precious and she is valuable to me, even though I don't always show it to her, okay? I don't always show it to her. But see, as we look at this, this is what the passage is saying. I am to show brotherly kindness, affection, brotherly love, not in a romantic way. So take the romantic out. I'm just using my wife because it's easier to use it for this illustration than anybody else. So as we, but as I use it, <laughs> then use it as... Just for illustration's sake, okay? In my marriage, come on, just come right here real quick. In my marriage, I am to show my wife, take the lead in showing my wife that she is valuable and that she is precious, okay? So as I live my life, I, my goal is to bring, hey, show her all the time so she sees that she is valuable and she is precious. I am to take the lead. I am not to take, wait for her to do it. Well, see, I would have did something nice to my wife, but she hasn't done anything nice to me in a while. If she, if she, if she would take care of me, I would take care of her, but I, I'm not going to. This is how we, exactly, this is typical, and it's sad, because this is how we, blew, we believe in brotherly kindness here in the passage. Hey, I will take care of, so I will do something good for so-and-so when they do something good for me. This is how we treat our friends. I'm self-centered. 
So I say, I stand here and I say, well, I would, but my wife, she's not a good wife. And if she was a good wife, then I would love her. If she did everything I wanted, then I would take care of her. But that is exactly opposite of what the Bible says that I am supposed to do with brother clients. I am supposed to take the lead. So imagine my wife here. Turn this, turn this way. She turns her back towards me, okay? She's against me. My job before God and the brotherly affection category is this. Even if she's against me, I take the lead in showing her that she is valuable and that she is precious, okay? You can sit down, dear. Thank you. Even if she is against me. So let me ask you this. In your life, who are you taking? This is loving them, showing them affection. Who are you taking the lead to show them that they are valuable and precious in their life? Because, see, this is what happens. This is why, sadly, this is why Christians leave the church. Because, see, we're so self-centered. Well, so-and-so didn't shake my hand. Did you shake theirs? So-and-so didn't speak to me. Did you speak to them? See, because when our, in our circle, in our Christians, among Christians, we get mad over some cr pretty crazy things. People get discouraged. So much so that they leave the church, so much so that they, they would go to the world. Because no one takes the lead. See, in, our, in the youth group here, Guess whose job it is to make everybody in else's youth group feel loved? Yours. When you walk in, it is your job to take the lead. This is what the Bible says right there in the passage. Romans, Romans I mean, uh, yeah, Romans 12, be kind and affectionate with brother love and honor, preferring one another. See, we're self-centered individuals. And all I see is how people do me wrong and how people aren't loving me and aren't caring for me the way I want them to be cared for. Well... I walked in and nobody talked to me. I'm self-centered. I'm just thinking about what happened to Aaron Burden. Well, see, I'm trying to fit in, but this, I'm self-centered. I have to be thinking out. I'm taking the lead. Hey, that needs to be done. I'll take care of it for somebody else. Well, I'm not their servant. Well, according to the word of God, you are put there to serve and to show affection to other believers. And this is huge, because if these things being you in abound, they make it that you need to be barren or fruitful. And see, just like I said, in our Christian circles, man, I, I really would help those people, but <laughs> perfect illustration, the good Samaritan. Samaritan guy. Nobody cares. Two Jews walk past a Jewish guy that's been beat up and left on the road. Two Jews walk past him. Two religious Jews. The priest and Levite. <laughs> wow, that's a bad situation that man's in. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know if I want to get involved in that. A Samaritan, worldly man, recommend as far as the Jews were concerned, a guy who did not care for Jews at all. Stops, picks him up. And that is a total picture of our church today. That we walk around, see other believers have needs, we see other people need help, other people need encouragement. But we're seeing, <laughs> I'm not getting involved in that. It's not my problem. But we need to add to our godliness as we begin to think and act like God would have us to act. We add to that brotherly kindness. That means that I love people that are other believers. And I look for opportunities to take the lead to do something in their lives. Okay? Let's pray.
Dear Holy Father, God, I thank you so much, Lord, for this passage, God, and I know I did such a terrible job, Lord, articulating, but Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to understand, Lord, the importance of brotherly kindness, Lord, and us to see that we need to love each other, Lord, and that, Lord, the only responsibility of this youth group, Lord, we all take the responsibility, we all jump in and take the lead in loving and serving, Lord, whether people love us back, whether people treat us right back, Lord, this is what you've called us to do to other believers. Help us, God, we need your strength in this area. Thank you for all that you do in our lives, in Jesus' name, amen.